Hello and welcome to the Master of Demon Gorge podcast. Today we're talking about the Green Gang and the Emperor of Shanghai. In our last episode, we talked about how the Heaven and Earth or Hong Society fractured into multiple offshoot organizations. Or sometimes maybe they weren't even really so fractured. Sometimes. Maybe they just disguised themselves under different names to throw law enforcement off their scent. But in any event, one of the offshoot organizations we mentioned last time was Qingbang, the Green Gang. Today's story has a lot to do with them. Just as the origins of the Heaven and Earth Society are shrouded in often mutually contradictory legends, so the same is true with the Green Gang. In fact, even though I just said the Green Gang is an offshoot of the Hong Society, there is some doubt about this, as you'll see. The Green Gang has a religious component. Its members claim or claimed to follow Luo Jiao, the religion of Luo, which is a version of Buddhism developed and proselytized by a Ming Dynasty soldier turned monk. Named Luo Qing. While in the military, in the 15th century, Luo Qing worked in logistics and support, particularly on China's Grand Canal, transporting the army's food supplies. The Grand Canal, just for background, was the well Grand Canal system connecting northern China with the rice-growing regions of the south. A canal system. Originally begun during the Sui Dynasty in the late sixth to early seventh centuries. So after Luo Qing became a monk and began to spread his version of Buddhism, his followers were mostly canal stevedores, and the Green Gang's early membership was also chiefly drawn from canal workers. I say early membership, but. When was that? Was it during the 15th and 16th century, during the time of Luo Qing? Nope. One account says that a trio of canal workers formed the Green Gang in 1726, the fourth year of the reign of Emperor Yongzheng. But wait, 1726? If you remember from our last episode, some. Accounts of the founding of the Tevener Society claimed it dated to the mid or late 17th century, but the official government investigation into the Heaven and Earth Society stated that it was founded in the 1760s by Wan Yunlong. If the latter account is correct, and if the Green Gang in fact dates to 1726, then the Hong Society was founded after the Green Gang. In that case, it's not possible that the Green Gang was an offshoot of the Hong Society. And notably, in 1768, after Wan Yunlong led the Hong Society in a failed uprising against the Qing, the Qing authorities declared the religion of Luo to be an evil sect and banned it, going around destroying Luo temples. 
So it would seem that as of 1768, Qing authorities saw a close connection between the Hong Society and the Green Gang followers of the religion of Luo. And as a result of this persecution, the Green Gang went underground. Then, in the 19th century, the many civil wars and unrests caused the Grand Canal to lose much of its significance. Many canal workers, Green Gang members, being displaced from their jobs, joined the various rebellions, including the Christian-inspired Taiping Heavenly Kingdom. Many others moved to the coast and went into smuggling. Coinciding with this move, the city of Shanghai, previously a small town, grew in the age of Western colonialism into China's commercial center. So Shanghai became also the center of activities for Green Gang members. One of them was a guy named Du Yuesheng. Du Yuesheng was actually born in Shanghai in 1888. His parents died when he was very young, and as a teenager, he worked in a fruit shop. In 1911, the year of the Republican Revolution, Du Yuesheng joined a gang and entered the business of dealing drugs. Two years later, in 1913, a Green Gang leader was suspected in the assassination of the major political figure Song Jiaoren. That is a whole story in itself, so let's not get into it today. Suffice to note the role that the Green Gang was already playing in Chinese politics at this time. Du Yuesheng came to the attention of the top Green Gang leader, and also a top policeman in the French concession zone of Shanghai, Huang Jingrong, who took the younger man under his wings. By 1925, Du Yuesheng was considered one of the triumvirate of Shanghai gangsters, alongside Huang Jingrong and another Green Gang leader, Zhang Xiaoling. At this time, a common saying arose in Shanghai explaining the differences between the three gangsters. Huang Jingrong loves money, Zhang Xiaoling can fight, but Du Yuesheng understands relationships. And by 1925, the three men had jointly monopolized the drug trade in the French concession zone. Meanwhile, in 1922, another up-and-coming man, a man one year older than Du Yuesheng, also came to Green Gang boss Huang Jingrong to pay his respects and to seek an alliance with him. His name was Chiang Kai-shek. At Chiang Kai-shek's urging, the Green Gang leaders formed an anti-communist organization that claimed to be the descendant of one of the revolutionary organizations from 1911. The organization announced its existence on April 5, 1927. Around this exact same time, partly because he and other top Kuomintang leaders felt increasingly threatened by activities in China by agents of the Soviet Communist International, Comintern, Chiang Kai-shek was plotting to root out 
the Chinese Communist Party. On April 12, 1927, just a week after the Green Gang leaders announced their new organization, Chiang Kai-shek initiated the so-called Purge. And Du Yuesheng and his Green Gang members would be responsible for doing much of the dirty work, i.e. much of the killing of communists. In the end, over 300 Communist Party members were killed, and many others were arrested. Internationally, the event came to be known as the Shanghai Massacre. Given the later course of Chinese history, some might say that Chiang Kai-shek was right to purge communists from his midst, and maybe even that he should have gone even further. But internationally, the event did little to endear Chiang Kai-shek and his government to Western observers. But for our purposes today, that's neither here nor there. The important thing I want to highlight is just how intimately the Green Gang, an underground criminal organization, was tied to the supposedly above-board political establishment. Again, it's like Antonio Gramsci's point about how political organizations and criminal ones are functionally very similar. And as an addendum to Gramsci, and in view of how the Hong Society might have begun as an anti-Qing spy network, we may add intelligence organizations to this list. After the April 12th purge, or Shanghai Massacre, Chiang Kai-shek even rewarded Du Yuesheng with the rank of Major General in the Chinese Army. When later in the year, Chiang Kai-shek married Song Meiling, his wife, Du Yuesheng was in charge of security for the wedding. And around this time, Song Meiling's brother, Chiang Kai-shek's new brother-in-law, and China's then Minister of Finance, Song Ziwen, or TV Song in English, relied on the Green Gang to pressure Chinese banks into purchasing government bonds. Can you imagine? It would be like if the FDR administration used Al Capone and the Mafia to urge American businesses to purchase treasury bonds. Against the complicated and often violent political background of China in the late 1920s and 1930s, Hu Yuesheng set about continuing to expand his power in Shanghai. He opened a bank and became the Chinese representative on the top governing council in the French concession zone. In 1933, he set up his own underground organization separate and apart from the Green Gang. He became the vice chair of the Chinese Red Cross. All in all, he became in many ways the most powerful man in Shanghai. In fact, his nickname came to be the Emperor of Shanghai. In 1937, World War II began for China when Japan launched its full-scale invasion. Du Yuesheng showed himself to be a patriotic gangster and directed his underworld resources to help the Chinese war effort. 
during the incredibly bloody Battle of Shanghai that began in August 1937, he organized his gang members into partisan guerrilla units, and he used his network to help with Chinese intelligence gathering. His men took it upon themselves to assassinate numerous Chinese collaborators who worked with the Japanese. At this time, he even agreed to assist the communists, who, now that war against an external enemy had broken out, seemed ready to fight alongside the government. The Battle of Shanghai ultimately ended with Japanese victory, and Du Yuesheng vacated the city like many others did. He first went to Hong Kong, still a British colony, and continued to help with the war effort from there, especially through the Red Cross. But then Hong Kong also fell to Japanese forces. At this time, Du Yuesheng relocated to Chongqing, the southwestern city now serving as China's wartime capital. Finally, he returned to Shanghai in 1945 in the wake of Allied victory in World War II. But, as listeners of this podcast will know, the Chinese Civil War began, or restarted, almost as soon as World War II ended. And the Civil War began to go badly for the Republican government, ending eventually in 1949 with communist victory. In 1948-49, the Green Gang again worked to help the government by pressuring major corporations to purchase national debt in order to finance the Republican regime. And in the spring of 1948, Du Yuesheng participated in the National Assembly's election of Chiang Kai-shek as president. Meanwhile, with the Republic's finances teetering on the brink, in August 1948, Chiang Kai-shek sent his son, Jiang Jingguo, to Shanghai to crack down on illegal business dealings, which at this time were contributing to rampant inflation. Jiang Jingguo instructed his men to be untouchables, like Elliot Ness in Chicago, and to crack down on all major crimes, regardless of how well-connected the suspects might be. At the same time, he publicly promised only to fight tigers and not to swat at flies. In other words, he would overlook minor transgressions by mom-and-pop businesses and focus on major crime syndicates. Zheng Jingguo showed that he meant business when he arrested the son of Du Yuesheng and had him sentenced to six months in prison. But Zheng Jingguo then found out soon enough that his father had sent him on an impossible mission. Chiang Kai-shek personally intervened to stop an investigation into the son of Kong Xiangxi, or H.H. Kong, a 75th generation descendant of Confucius, a top man in the KMT, and Chiang Kai-shek's own brother-in-law. The basis for Chiang Kai-shek's own power was inextricably tied up with interests and personalities 
who weren't exactly scrupulous about following the law. Any attempt at this time to properly enforce the law was impossible. Jiang Jingguo conceded defeat and gave up on fighting the tiger by November 1948. And the Republican government had to admit defeat by late 1949, relocating to Taiwan. Du Yuesheng at this time chose neither to follow Chiang Kai-shek to Taiwan, nor to stay in Shanghai and be ruled by the new communist regime. Instead, he moved to Hong Kong. There he continued as a businessman, got married for the fifth time in 1950, but then died shortly thereafter in 1951. Meanwhile, the Green Gang, which had done so much to support the Republican government, also left its former power base of Shanghai. Many of its members went to Hong Kong, like Du Yuesheng, and there they entered the heroin business and in subsequent years contributed greatly to the development of the Golden Triangle as a center of the global drug trade. Many other members went to Taiwan. According to some, Chiang Kai-shek actually encouraged the Green Gang's growth in Taiwan because it had so supported him on the mainland. And even today, the Green Gang continues to be a presence in Taiwan. In 1993, Captain Ying Qingfeng of the Taiwanese Navy turned up dead, his body floating off Taiwan's east coast. The mysterious and sensational murder case played out on newspaper front pages for many weeks, searing itself in the Taiwanese psyche. The case was never solved. Even today, the name Ying Qingfeng remains a byword in Taiwan for mysterious deaths. And as the investigation unfolded, it transpired that a senior Green Gang leader was apparently involved. The death of Captain Ying Qingfeng was generally thought to be related to corruption in military procurement, which was the poor captain's job. And the Green Gang was apparently deeply involved in Taiwan's military procurement, so much so that one of their own might have been responsible for the captain's murder. But presumably because the murderers had sway over the investigation itself, we'll never know for sure what happened. As a coda, and as continued reflection on exactly what difference there might be between governments, mafia, and intelligence organizations, I just want to mention another gang that has played a major and shady role in modern Taiwan. That is the Bamboo Union. Although, interestingly, and a little surprisingly, given the penchant for gangsters in the Chinese tradition to claim some venerable lineage, the Bamboo Union does not claim descent from the Green Gang or the Hong Society. Rather, it was founded between 1955 and 1957 by a group of teenagers 
the sons of military men who came to Taiwan with Chiang Kai-shek. In 1984, the Bamboo Union achieved international notoriety when its members murdered a dissident Taiwanese writer living in California. International notoriety because, by this time, the Bamboo Union was working with Taiwanese intelligence. The gang was a kind of off-book asset that the intelligence service could deploy for wet work. So many believed that the intelligence service, or even President Jiang Jingguo himself, ordered the hit on the writer. The ROC government insisted that this was not the case, that although the intelligence service indeed had entered into a relationship with the Bamboo Union, the spy agency did not order the hit. The gang members who actually carried out the murder escaped back to Taiwan. But after the FBI investigated the case, after the U.S. government put great pressure on Taiwan, these men went to prison for many years. And again illustrating how gangs continue to play a role, one of the Bamboo Union leaders who at this time publicized how the gang worked with the intelligence service was a man named Zhang Anle, nicknamed the White Wolf. This White Wolf then went to prison in the U.S. for 10 years on drug charges before returning to Taiwan. He's still around. And today, he's still a major figure in the criminal underworld. And he is also the leader of a fringe political party advocating for immediate unification with the PRC. This has been MODG. Thank you for listening.